I can say it a whole lot simpler. This is it. God, we need a whole lot of help. Surround us. Be before us. But mainly, may we be cognizant that you are with us at all times as we live this life to the next. The lesson from Jeremiah. In fact, I'm going to ask you to turn, if you want to, you don't have to, in the Pew Bibles to page 627. Page 627. Jeremiah, it's hard to believe any book in the Bible is bigger than Isaiah. Isaiah actually has two books in one. But Jeremiah's uh, book is bigger than Isaiah's, and it's bigger than all the other 12, all the other major prophets. 12 minor prophets. It is a big book. His ministry extended from 640 to 609 BC. Now, in the first chapter of Jeremiah, beginning at the sixth verse, that's about a third way down on the page. Then I said, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord saith to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all whom I send you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Now if you remember uh, Moses, in the third chapter of Exodus, God says, Do this, I'll be with you. And then in the sixth chapter, Moses says, different translations have it differently, but I, I don't have the right lips to do this. I can't speak. So Jeremiah is really, uh, it's a similar story as his Moses story. He's trying to get out of it. Uh, which brings to mind, has God ever asked you to do something, you ever felt that you had to do something, you should do something, you just give up one excuse after another? I think sometimes we all do. Because it's hard to be a Christian. But we have choices. We can either do it or not do it. God calls us with a great commission. Go and sit on your hands and tell no one about your Christianity. Or does he say, go tell the world? And this is a little question This is, you know, for you to take home and think about. How have I lived the great, the, good, the great Commission? Have I ever done anything to get people to come to church? Have I ever done things to bring people to Christianity? If you haven't, you're like Jeremiah wanted to be. And God forbid it. And God would like to forbid all of us to say no. He would like us all to say yes. I will go. I will do. So in the story of the, uh, from Jeremiah today, the Israelites had a covenant with God. And they broke the covenant in that they worshipped worthless idols. And so their covenant with God was just, again, it was, just, it was broken. And in the last verse, in verse 13 of that, Israel had forsaken the glory that is Yahweh and the covenants. 
it talks about the living waters. The living waters is God's word. It's God. And it brings the broken systems are the idols they were worshiping. God is full of living water. God is full of truth. God is full of the light to get to heaven. And these idols were just idols. I remember when I was taking um, is either global theology or homiletics, and the professor was a Methodist pastor who um, was somewhere in Africa or someplace, and he said that they had a uh, like a chapel on the land, and, and that anytime somebody found something that was unique. And one time, like a Coke bottle came to shore, and the people carried it with a great reverence to the chapel and placed it in there. And they would worship these things. And it's, it's funny. We, too, worship things that are idols sometimes. I, myself, kid around with it all the time. I'd like to have it as class Mercedes, but I'm not going to get it. And I realize it's a false idol. And I realize I shouldn't want it. But I still do. <laughs> Can't help it. We're humans. We need these things sometimes. And sometimes we convince ourselves we need these things. And in reality, all we need is the love of God in our life. And in my life, I love a, a woman who won't let me eat bacon. <laughs> The psalm today, I took this is out of the King James Version. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Do you delight in God's commandments? Do you look at him as, I love these things? Or do you look at him as a chore, hard to do? Some of them, for some, may be hard, but God calls us to embrace his commandments to love his commandments, and most importantly, to keep his commandments. The epistle, the last few verses of that is just great. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Nice verses. To me, they say, there is one body. We here are one body. We don't have arguments. We don't backbite, if you know what I mean. We are all children of God. Then moving over to the gospel. Jesus was in a Pharisee's house. And the question comes up, is it right to heal on the Sabbath, man had dropsy, which is a flesh thing, I'll say. I mean, there's different definitions of it, but that's the one I choose to use today. And uh, Jesus says, it's lawful to heal on the Sabbath day. And the Pharisees were going, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> they didn't want to get entrapped themselves. And he says, which one of you would have a hurt animal that fell in a ditch and not go pull it out of the ditch on the Sabbath? And again, whoa, 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 they didn't want to say anything. And then he tells a parable. 
He tells this parable about a man going to a wedding. And um, now put yourself. Because I, I, all of my lifetime, I've done things like this all the time. And it's embarrassing. Now, you may not have done it to the degree this guy did. He came into the wedding banquet and immediately went and sat at the head table. And the, 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 some who was ever running the wedding come from and say, hey, you got to sit in the back. Imagine how he looked as he takes the seat in the back where he was supposed to sit. The other day, when I a night when I went to visit Dr. Serge in the hospital, I come into the room and I'm kind of excited to see him. You know, I, I like the guy a lot and uh, I want to be there for him. And he looks up from his bed and he gets a little smile on his face. And uh, I come over and I say, how do you feel? And he looks at me and he says, how? And all of a sudden there's this pause there and I'm just thinking, he's going to ask about how I'm and I'm feeling pretty good. Or he's going to ask how Deacon Brian's doing. And again, I'm feeling good. But I get down next to him and he says, how's Ed? And I looked at him and he says, pet it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, God, God, Ed Pettit takes preference over me. <laughs> it happens. We all get puffed up sometimes and think we're more important than we really are. And it's a humbling, I can tell you, it was a humbling experience. <laughs> I think it took me probably 30, cents, 30 seconds to regroup out of the thing. But he was serious. He wanted to know how it was. And I said, oh, he's hard. <laughs> the thing is, is that in life, as we follow Christ, we need to know when we behave like that. And we need to seek his forgiveness and try not to have it happen again. But we're human, and it's important for us to recognize our failings. And then we pray to God, dear God. Well, first of all, this one was funny, so I gotta laugh a little bit. Dear God, may I continue to laugh over the funny things that happened but may I also continue to recognize those things which cause me to be humbled. For your sake, amen.